Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 38 of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. This episode is for the week of November 22nd, 2021, also known as the week of Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Brian Reynolds, Vice President of Marketing for Episcopal Retirement Services. And I'm here with Kristen Davenport, our Director of Communication for ERS and our Executive Producer. How are you, Kristen? Oh, feeling great this week, Brian. It's a, it's a great week to be thinking about gathering together, but also getting close to the end of the year, trying to wrap up some projects. So yeah, it's been a great week. Yeah, I'm so excited for the holidays this year and gathering with family and and seeing some of our friends, uh, obviously in, in smaller, still safe safe uh, environments, but uh, but really looking forward to it. The Linkage podcast is dedicated to uh, educating our audiences about issues regarding aging, informing people about the mission of ERS, and how that comes to life in our everyday interactions with our residents, clients, families, and staff members. So Kristen, you want to tell us about uh, our upcoming show? We have a really great show today and uh, trying to keep in the theme of the week. Um, uh, I think all of our guests are going to tell us a little bit about food, what it means to them, um, what this me- what this week in particular means to them and their families. So we have um, our chef from Marjorie Peely Retirement Community, Clyde Bishop, joining us. Mm-hmm. Uh, chef Clyde um, is a little bit newer to our organization. He joined us this summer and uh, look forward to hearing your conversation with uh, Chef Clyde. Um, I um, got together with um, one of our previous guests, Kate Powers. Kate lives at Marjorie Peely Retirement Community, and um, Kate um, had some great things to say just about this holiday week, um, Mm -hmm. food, what it means to her family, and um, she even kind of gave us a review of Clyde and his his work there at uh, Marjorie Peely. So that was great to hear. And as always, then we'll check in with our president and CEO, Laura Lamb, um, to hear what's happening all around the ERS universe. Like we said at the top of the show, we've got a, a great uh, set of guests and uh, we'll look forward to, to diving right in. So with that, Kristen, do you want to introduce our first guest? Uh, Kate Powers and I got together uh, recently and had a great conversation. We both like to talk, so we kind of explored a lot of different topics, but uh, um, I hope you'll enjoy uh, my um, conversation with Kate. Kate, welcome to the ERS podcast, the Linkage podcast today. I just introduced you to our listeners, so let's um, let's talk a little bit about you and why we're here today. We're, we want to talk about food today. That's our theme for the show coming up. We've got the holidays coming, and um, of course, everybody's thinking about food, but also ERS has been um, kind of exploring the theme of there being a seat at the table for everyone at ERS. Um, so, Kate, you um, contributed a beautiful recipe. I, I hope I get to try this sometimes, although I don't eat meat, but um, I'm going to use some uh, vegan meat <laughs> and try this recipe because it's really great. It's a sausage and potato stew, and it just sounds perfect for this season. Why don't you talk a little bit about that and, um, and just your food traditions around the holidays? We contributed that recipe because 
it was one that was created by our daughter, Annie. Um, with him, we journeyed last year as she was diagnosed, diagnosed with glioblastoma and ended transitioning to the other place. And um, Annie was very fond of my recipes, but also my mother's recipes. And we were a large family. I'm the oldest of eight. And so we started out years ago gathering at my mom's house for a traditional Thanksgiving. And then as our families grew, um, we would sometimes celebrate at our own homes or at each other's. One of the things I was thinking about was how when our kids were little and I started making a turkey, I would save everything and I would get some packages of Knorr's vegetable soup and some potatoes. And I would dice the peel and dice the potatoes and toss in the deboned turkey, except the white parts, which we saved for sandwiches all chopped up and the Norris vegetable soup. And I would make gallons of that stuff and freeze it in quart sized containers. And that would often become my Christmas presents to my siblings. That's awesome. Um, but before that, I was thinking about how my mom, who was a kind of classic fifties housewife, would at this time of year make a big pot of something. We had routines just like we do at Marjorie P. Lee um, that she would do the laundry on Mondays. And so we would have Senate bean soup and she would start the soup and then she would start washing the clothes and hanging them up on the line, that kind of thing. And I really like, um, the idea of um, the preparation and care and consuming of food as really most wonderful human community experience. It became so apparent during the pandemic that the dining room is the heart of this community. And I think about, I'm very interested in spiritual traditions and I had, my best friend was Jewish. And so I learned about Passover and other holidays involving the meal as I was growing up. And then my own faith tradition is a Christian celebrates the Eucharist. And then we had neighbors who are Hindu and they took me to temple at Diwali, which is also a food centered feast. And I, got connected to the dances of universal peace, which are the Sufi uh, stream of Islam and the founder of those that eat, dance and pray. So I can appreciate why Thanksgiving is such a really important holiday in this country. It's the one feast we can all really be on a par with at the table. Right, it's a tradition that almost regardless of religion, you can find a way to plug into that. We, that's a commonality. Yeah. And you mentioned, um, vegans. I have friends who celebrate 
um, vegan uh, Thanksgivings. Um, we have sons in California and New York who um, have all kinds of spinoffs on the theme of Thanksgiving. As Laura said the other day, it's a great time to slow down and start, I think with the brilliance of fall, especially in this part of the world, mm -hmm. uh, letting yourself get overwhelmed by how amazing life is. And some seasons are darker than others. Some seasons are colder, but there's always the sun. And especially this year, there's always those amazing colors. We have this added dimension of being in the first year of grieving. Right. And, right. and we're kind of incorporating that into our experience this year. It sensitized me to how many people have suffered in the past couple of years in how many different ways, in how many different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. And so I think you said to me, what are you going to do for Thanksgiving? We don't know. We have um, a son coming in from California on Saturday. Um, we have a granddaughter going to Boston with her husband to be with all of your college friends. And then we have a granddaughter here who's single and creating a home of her own. And uh, Marjorie P., like so many places, is creating a feast, but it is going to be for residents. Mm -hmm. And so all of us are living with the after effects of COVID. We're not going to have a huge call all of your relatives and invite them over here. Right. Um, and um, I think the fact that given all of the constraints, the um, director of the kitchen staff and the chef and all the staff have decided that they will come in for Thanksgiving and they will come in for Christmas and create a very, very special meal for us. That kind of says it all mm. um, about what kind of a place Marjorie P is and um, really the kind of charism of ERS. I can be a very whiny child sometimes. We, we just were invited to fill out a survey and I, I had to say, Oh, I'm going to say yes on this one. Yes, I really am happy. Yes, I really do like this. <laughs> um, and I, I have to say the staff have been palpably effect, affected by the way in which we've all have to figuratively tighten our belts. Mm -hmm. This has been a, a world shaking experience. I don't think we all have to have a nine or 10 course meal to be experiencing a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'm getting the opportunity to, to feel that, to be into that more than ever before. I'm really, really grateful to be in the space that I'm in. Um, when we filled out that survey, one of the questions was, what do you like about where you are? And my first answer was the location. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. I grew up, grew up in a little carriage house three blocks from here. Oh my gosh. We paid $8,000 for it after World War II. And I just, for the heck of it, looked it up on Zillow last night. It's the same space. It's 1,500 square feet and it's worth $300,000. Oh my goodness. So, um, I, for one thing, that tells me that I'm a person who's grown up in a lot of privilege, mm -hmm. even though I didn't think of it at the time that way. The older I get, the more I have to appreciate um, that I have been a very privileged person as we, as a country, kept, keep stretching our boundaries around race, around gender, around um, lifestyles. And, and we become um, more diverse at the same time we're more connected. I'm really grateful for these years when I'm not working and I can reflect and I can see our world changing in positive ways, even though there are big challenges. And I think that always goes better with a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> there is nothing that doesn't go down better with chocolate. That's just my opinion. And <clears throat> you asked me about the kitchen and we have a new chef and he is too cool. I started talking to him about the Mediterranean diet Yes. Which I started reading about 10 years ago. And um, so this morning I just had some chia seeds in my cereal. Yep. And that's going to balance out all the chocolate I eat. <laughs> Magically. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we have had 25 changes to the menu since August, and they are subtle. But if you're looking for them, I had some tilapia and um, some creamed rice and some poached vegetables for dinner the other night. And it, you could have had the picture of that meal on the cover of Epicure magazine. Oh. Yeah, he has really noticed what people want, and he's been able to marry that with what they need and what the USDA and who knows how many other inspectors and you know and and he's creating a lot of very nourishing, tasty food, and you can have cappuccino ice cream every single night if you want it. <laughs> So the first time I heard anybody laugh at this place was in April when we were back in the dining room and the energy was starting to build up again. And I heard Chris Neely tell some story and start to laugh. And um, so I think it's really good that we, a lot of people are starting to grow their own food. A lot of people are 
eating more fruits and vegetables. They're getting more careful about how they shop. The parish that I belong to has a garden project in Evanston. People are just encountering each other in such really deep ways. Last night, um, my husband and I had dinner with two fellows we know well. Um, one had been here with his wife when we arrived four and a half years ago, and then she became less well and had to go into uh, nursing care. Mm -hmm. And we'd been having breakfast with the same person every morning and she died. She'd been here for 27 years. Mm -hmm. And so I said to my husband, how about if we invite Jack over to join our table? And um, the next thing I knew, a fellow that I'd heard of came with his wife up to the memory care <clears throat> unit. And um, he would come down to the dining room just to get a break sometimes. And we became very close friends and he turns out to go to the same church and we've become a part of us that meets via Zoom every Friday morning. And his wife um, began to decline and um, she moved again and had an accident and died last May. And so he, in the meantime, had a stroke. There's been a lot of drama happening in our lives. And we've, we've all, the four of us met each other's family by now from all over the country. And, um, you know, these guys are not all touchy feely like I am, but one just looked at the other three of us last night and said, it's so good to be together. There is this guy's breakfast club and they, um, they talk now. They talk in a way they never did before. Mm -hmm. um, and they share their stories and they listen and it's very healing. And that kind of depth encounter has been happening more and more frequently here because um, COVID, it takes the makeup off. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. such a great way to say that, Kate. That's. Yeah. And um, it's very clear that leadership has really, really, really worked their tails off to try to keep us safe and try to hire people who are really high quality and who they care for us like family. One of my um, new um, hobbies is that I buy kind bars. Yeah. And so if somebody from maintenance comes in and hangs pictures and fix plumbing and stuff like that, I say thank you and I give them a kind bar. <laughs> but it's, it's connected to what you're talking about, which is we feed each other. Yes. We feed and we are fed. Yeah. I think 
that's been a gift of COVID. Um, we've had to look very carefully um, at where we eat and what we eat and how and when. And um, we've come to appreciate the food we eat, the people who prepare it, the people who serve it. I was, that phone call was from um, a gal who is our daughter's age. She was a mom in my parent-child program at the children's home years ago. Her son is now grown and he's just enlisted in the Marines. Wow. And as, as my husband reminded me this morning, they, Dave and Liz, have lost a child too, in one sense. And so we're going to all go out for dinner this weekend. That was um, um, a, a, a call to say, we're free and, you know, mm -hmm. here's what, where we'll meet and stuff. Yeah. And, um, well, what a gift that is that you can, can do that again. And I think we took for granted, you know, that getting together for dinner and, um, COVID has taught us don't, don't take that for granted. It's important. And there's almost nothing like getting together for a meal. And I find myself feeling like cooking. And we're in a tiny apartment with a microwave and a toaster oven. Yesterday, I had a smashed avocado turkey sandwich for lunch. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm hoping to make some pot cheese in my crock pot, which is something that my mom used to make with Gouda and butter and blue cheese and um, sour cream. Can you believe? Oh my goodness. It has 10 calories. <laughs> but you spread it, there's chives, and you spread it on Melba toast. And it's a special kind of hors d'oeuvre to have at this time of year. All right. So for listeners, besides our sausage and potato stew recipe from Kate, you just heard her pot cheese recipe. So two recipes from you. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kate, that has been, this has been a, a joy to talk with you, to talk with you about food and um, what it means to you. And I hope your family in whatever way you decide to gather and, and connect um, over the holiday, I, I, I hope it's blessed and, and, and everyone just gets to feel that connection again, because I think that's what, that's what it's all about. It's what's important. Thank you again so much for joining us today. Thanks, Kristen. Well, what a wonderful interview with, uh, with Kate Powers, Kristen. It's always so good to hear uh, from her and, 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 and her perspective on life at Marjorie Peely. Absolutely. Brian, we really, um, touched on a lot of different subjects having to do with, with food and the holiday. And, and it was great to hear from her and, um, the things that she had to say about the changes in the menu over at Marjorie Peely. And, uh, she really has welcomed that and has, um, really had some, some nice things to say about many staff members, um, but as, especially um, our chef, Clyde Bishop, um, who you coincidentally um, 
had a conversation with this week. So um, let's listen to Brian's conversation with Chef Clyde Bishop. So I'm here this week with uh, the chef, uh, new chef at Marjorie P. Lee, Clyde Bishop. Welcome, Clyde. How are you? I'm all to the good. How are you doing? I'm wonderful today. Wonderful. It's a beautiful Friday uh, afternoon, and uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I love to be here. Great. Well, so as I mentioned, you're you're relatively new to the Marjorie P. Lee family, um, and I think you mentioned you started just the, this past June, July time period. Yes, yes, I did. I can't remember it's June or July, but yes, I've been here for about five months. Yeah. Great, great, great. And and tell tell us uh, for our audience a little bit about your background. I know you you've been working in kitchens in various roles throughout the year, and and, and I you were telling me about that earlier. So maybe our just to, to introduce yourself to our audience. Okay. Well. I went to the MCI, Midwest Culinary Institute, over mm-hmm. at Cincinnati State. Mm-hmm. I graduated there with a, um associate's degree in culinary arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from there, um, I worked there for two and a half years. Wow. But then I got recognized for my work, and then I got promoted to a sous chef at the University of Cincinnati. They wow. had a faculty club, Cincinnati Faculty Club, mm-hmm. um, which kind of blew my mind yeah. because I did not know that I could go from a, basically a student to a sous chef, but I did because <laughs> of my work ethic. Uh-huh. But yeah, I spent almost 10 years over at the University of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Then I went to Whole Foods to be a supervisor. I looked over their hot bar. Mm-hmm. Um, they liked a lot of the recipes that I innovated. Mm-hmm. And then I heard about a job over at Good Samaritan Hospital. Mm-hmm. They liked my resume. Mm-hmm. Um, I came in with a bunch of cooking experience. And I taught that to a bunch of the cooks that were already there Mm -hmm. and they enjoyed that. But then I heard about through my sister about Marjorie Peely Mm -hmm. and she was like, you need to go work for them. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) She knew that I was looking for something different and she was like, you need to go work for them. I'm like, okay. And when I got over there, I did not know that the position that I was taking was going to be like head chef, mm-hmm. a position that I never had. Now, I was a sous chef, yes, right. right. but that's second in command. Mm-hmm. Did not know this would be first in command. Right. So I'm like, okay. And when I got there, it was just a completely different experience. Now, I can tell you that working at Good Sam, it changed my thinking and way of how I did things as being a chef. Mm-hmm. Because 
I think you mentioned earlier that you really had a good role model there that turned over the reins and allowed you to create an experiment. And I found that yes. interesting. And the, the feeling, it was working for a restaurant and working for in healthcare is two different things. You know, right. when you're working at a restaurant, you know, you're just trying to, you know, get money. But being in a position where my food actually helps people, mm -hmm. that was totally different. Right. And it changed me completely. Right. Right. Um, I, it, it, it was, it was a different experience being in a situation where my food directly helped these people. Right. So when I came over to Marjorie P. Lee, it, my feelings never changed. Mm -hmm. It was, oh, my food helps people. Right. Which attracted me to the job. I was right. like, I can do this. Yeah. And when I finally got there and I learned a little bit about how things operated, mm -hmm. it was like, yeah, this is a place where I want to be. Right. This, this is it. And working with Carol and working with Emerson and working with all the cooks, the mm -hmm. servers, the dishwashers. And a lot of these people have been there a long time. Right. And just the feeling of this kitchen mm -hmm. is just different from right. where I used to be. Mm -hmm. so and, one of, yeah. One of the things that, that struck me in our previous conversation as well is you talking about that collaboration, whether that be with uh, some of the cooks or the residents, but you've really been able to come up with some inventive dishes as a result of that collaboration. Can you talk about yes. that? Yes. Um, being with the cooks, and that's what I love about the people there. Um, they were able to give me an insight to what the residents like and what they don't like. Mm -hmm. They will be like, that won't work. And I will give them another idea, like, that won't work. And I'll give them another idea, and they're like, oh, they might like that. And right. I get another idea, and they're like, they might like that. I'm like, all right, cool. So it's it, the one thing Carol told me when I started, she was like, you got to have open communication right. with your cooks. Right. That was the biggest thing. And I'm like, right. all right, okay. So I went to them personally. I'm like, what do these residents like? Right. And they gave me a list. Yeah. They're like, these are the things that they like. Right. So when I looked these at the, the menu, yeah, yes. So right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a egotistical chef. Mm -hmm. I'm not about to be like, oh, this is what I want, and this is what they're going to eat. No, right. Right. that would, that would be stupid. Right. So I went to the cooks, and I'm like. What do they like? You've been here 20 plus years. What do right. they like? They like this. They like this. They don't like that. They don't like that. We've never tried that. And that's the thing that I like about the cooks that I work with. Mm -hmm. If I come up with an idea that hasn't been introduced to the residents, they don't automatically shut me down. They're like, oh, we never tried that. Right. Well, let's try it. Mm -hmm. Well, 
there have been things where I've come up with that they like. Right. Like the Mediterranean chicken, the mm-hmm. Mediterranean salmon, my Thai chicken dish. Oh, oh, sounds good. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I like the fact that I can go to my cooks mm-hmm. and be like, do I like this? They're like, right. no. I'm like, all right, cool. Do I like this? Well, they never have it. Well, we're about to try that. Right. And then we'll see if they like it or not. It sounds like you're very in tune with those staples, but then being able to create, which I know the residents really love adventure over there and, and trying new things. And it, so that, that sounds like a really neat creative process that you've, you've brought to the team there, you know, uh, uh, over the several months that you've been here. That's really cool. Yes, it would be foolish of me to not consider the cooks who have been there mm-hmm. long before I've gotten there. Right. That would be foolish. Right. But well, the it, fact that they are open to me being like, hey, yo, does this work? Nah, that don't work. Does this work? Well, we never tried it. Right. Let's try it. I like that communication between me and my cooks because that has got to be there. It has got to be there. Yeah. Well, and then talk about your relationship with the residents. Cause that, that's kind of another special side of the job. Oh my you God. Know, you get to, to do what you love every day, which is being a chef and cooking, but then to develop the relationships with the residents and getting that feedback must be special as well. Oh my God. I have gotten so many letters from these residents i have never felt a welcoming like that (laughs) like i'm being i'm being like real talk with you these residents are so welcoming Mm -hmm. and i can name you off a bunch of them and i still haven't known the names of all of them right but i have traveled to every single kitchen that we got Mm -hmm. and i have listened to everybody that has voiced their opinion that's why i like for example we have had this chicken florentine that we had on the menu Mm -hmm. but we were using frozen spinach right now i'm telling you as a chef i've never used frozen spinach as a Florentine, I've never used that. So I'm like, why are we using fresh spinach? Right. And they were like, I don't know. Well, I introduced fresh spinach. And now <laughs> all the residents like it. Oh, I bet. That's, a, that, that's, that's the thing that I'm talking about. I will go to these residents like, what about this menu? Do you like, don't you like? Mm-hmm. And they're like, can we get some more cabbage on there? which I've introduced. Mm -hmm. And it's not about one particular resident. It's not about one particular house. It's about everybody. I want to make sure everybody is happy. Now, I know I won't be able to satisfy everybody. Right. I know that. Sure. Sure. But I want to make sure that the kitchen is putting out the best product that we can. Yeah. So, that little bit of going from frozen to fresh, if y'all like that, then that's what I'm going to do. That's wonderful. And right. just going through the different kitchens, 
and different residents, like, because I've hit up everybody. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that everybody is satisfied. I can't be like, oh, this one resident wants this. So everybody has to have it. No, I want to make sure that everybody is on the same page. Like right. I said, I can't satisfy everybody, right. but I try. Right. I'm trying my best. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're you're running that kitchen in the great tradition of, you know, the reputation of, of the quality of food at Marjorie P. Lee. And that's that's so exciting to hear. Um, just shifting a, a little bit, um, uh, you know, talking about quality food. Uh, you know, we recently had our, our, our gala and our great gala cook-off, and uh, you were a part of a project and submitted a recipe for our uh, gala cookbook, which is a number of recipes that we're um, offering uh, visitors to our website. And you had a really- Which I thank unique, you for. Yeah, you, you really <laughs> you had a unique, um, a, a, a very unique and it looks like delicious recipe that you offered. And I was wondering if you could tell our audience a little bit about that and that the story about how you came up with that recipe. Well, that recipe was the second of my original recipes when I became a sous chef. Like um, when I became a chef over at UC mm-hmm. and I was acknowledged by my executive chef as Mm -hmm. a chef Mm -hmm. that's when I knew I had like arrived right basically Mm -hmm. I'm like all right cool through all the schooling now I have arrived as a chef so he's looking at me as a chef I'm like all right so he wanted me to come up with a salad special which we did every week Mm -hmm. we did a salad special every week so i'm like um do you have any ideas and he told me he was like no this is on you like (laughs) you my food chef like no this is on you so i'm like all right so what i drew back on is is my first day as an interview during my interview he bought me in and there was like I'm not going to say an emergency, but there was like something going on and he needed to have something on the fly right then and there. Yeah. He went into the walk-in and he just started grabbing stuff like this, 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 this will work. And it did. I was like, and we continued our interview. I was like, how was you able to go in there and knew what people wanted? Mm -hmm. And he just said, experience. Mm-hmm. So when he told me, I need you going there and make me a salad. I'm sitting there like, oh my God, I am like two weeks into being a chef and you want me to come up with a salad? Right. Like, all right, cool. I'm like, all right, cool. Fine. So I went in, I grabbed me some zucchini. I grabbed me some squash. All right, all right. That's my base. I was like, what goes with zucchini and squash? All right, let's grab some carrots. Let's grab some celery. Let's grab some onion. All right, mm-hmm. cool. That's my vegetables. Mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe there needs to be a little bit of saltiness to it. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed some feta cheese that we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, all right. I'm like, all right, I always love tomatoes. So I'm going to throw that in there with it. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. We had some Italian dressing there. Mm-hmm. I was like, so I'm going to mix this up. 
And then I went and tasted it. I was like, it's not there. So I was like, let's add some um, salt and pepper, but it didn't work. I was like, that's not it. So I'm like, let's go oregano and basil. And that worked. Yeah. And I mixed it all up. I was like, yep. it's still not there. <laughs> so I cooked off some bacon. Uh-huh. There you and go. And then I added that in. I'm like, and I mixed it all up. I'm like, all right, that's it. That's what <laughs> I want. So we put it out there and it sold out so quickly. I uh, was like, this, I'm like, and what made me so happy about it mm-hmm. is after lunch service he came to me he was like how does it feel i was like how does what feel Mm -hmm. he was like how does it feel being a chef i'm like what he was like you're a chef now Mm -hmm. get used to it and what solidified it was is one of the line cooks he was like chef Clyde." i was like i'm sorry what huh and chef looked at me. He was like, "Yeah, yeah, you a chef." I'm like, "Oh, oh wow, okay." The moment, yeah. I'm like, "Okay," but I'm I'm telling you, Brian. Even now, after all these years, to hear the resident call me chef is mm-hmm. still my arrival moment. Yeah, it's an honor. It, Yes, it right. is. Yeah. Well, so that was Chef uh, Chef Clyde Bishop's summer squash salad that everyone needs to look at in our gala cookbook on our website. If they go to EpiscopalRetirement.com slash gala, they, they can download that cookbook there and you can get Chef Clyde's uh, delicious uh, summer squash salad. So I'm we'll- telling you, it is good. I'm telling you. Great. Well, Chef, thank you so much for joining us this week. It's been an honor getting to know you, and we'll, we'll definitely have to host you again to get some, some other ideas, maybe for the holidays or, or maybe later in the year. So thanks for joining. Anytime you want me, you got me. I'm just, I'm still in awe at the fact that I'm on a podcast. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought that I would ever reach this point, but apparently I have. You have arrived. (laughs) I have arrived. So anytime that you want to hit me up for anything for any of our audience, I am here all the way. I love Marjorie P. Lee, and I will be here until the wheels fall off. Well, Brian, I got to meet Chef Clyde recently, and boy, his energy is infectious. He's a hands-on kind of a guy. Um, you can really tell he's um, very supportive of the team there, um, which is quite experienced um, in the dining services at Marjorie Peely. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, Marjorie's had this wonderful reputation for uh, its dining and its, its, uh, and its, its food uh, from all over the city, whether people are in independent living or rehab or another, another service uh, uh, level. And you're so right about his, he's, he's just got an infectious personality. And I really enjoyed that time uh, talking with him and, and, and learning about his philosophy and his background. 
And uh, I think, you know, as you saw with your uh, interview with Kate Powers and your own interactions, he, he just has a, a, a great personality uh, to go along with that great experience. So that was a lot of fun. Well, our next uh, guest is our president and CEO, Laura Lamb. Um, looking forward to hearing your conversation with Laura, what she's thankful about, and just some of the, the new things that are um, coming down the road for us here at ERS. So here's Brian's conversation with Laura. So we're here this Thanksgiving week of 2021 with President and CEO Laura Lamb. Hi, Laura. How are you? I'm doing well, Brian. How about you? Oh, I'm great. And I know this is one of your most special times of the year, Thanksgiving. Oh, it's my favorite. Yeah. So I was wondering if maybe you could tell uh, our listeners what you love about Thanksgiving and what maybe you have planned. Oh, thank you for asking. Well, it is my favorite holiday. Um, I don't think uh, it's my happy spot. Um, when you combine food and friends and family mm-hmm. um, around a table, and um, we have this tradition that we always um, write out kind of what we're grateful and thankful for and share it as a family. And then we keep those um, mementos over time. And I just, there's just nothing better, in my opinion. It's just, a time where, you know, the whole reason is just to be aware and intentional and thoughtful about what you're grateful and what you appreciate. So I love it. And the food, the food is, oh, it's so much fun. That's right. And and as, as you were one of the the chefs this year and our great deal of cook-off, I I know how much you enjoy preparing food for your loved ones. I do. I do. It's so much fun. So I'm going to put you on the spot. You, you had mentioned kind of this time to reflect what you're grateful and thankful for. Is there anything in, uh, specific this year that you're, you're grateful and thankful for? You know, I have to say, I am so grateful for my fam, my families, um, my family, my, you know, my personal family, Mm-hmm. And my work family have given me so much love, encouragement, and support over mm-hmm. the last two years. And I'm so thankful um, for folks individually and collectively. I mean, I just, right. you know, I feel it, you know, we've kind of weathered and are still weathering a, a difficult time that, mm-hmm. you know, how many times have I said, nobody wants to be where we're at. <laughs> But we're here together and let's be kind and let's be thankful and grateful for one another. So, you know, I just, my family is so supportive of me and the work that I've chosen to do. And, you know, my ERS family um, is amazing and loving and kind. And I just am filled with gratitude that I get to be a part of this organization. So that, that, that's really, I'm just I'm just very grateful to be here with you and with our listeners and, and be a part of our great mission. Yeah. Yeah. I I couldn't agree more. I feel so lucky and blessed to work with, with you for you and with a number of so many wonderful people that deliver on a mission that, you know, we can all really be proud of uh, day in, day out. So um, 
I'm very grateful for that as well. So with that, we're kind of uh, obviously heading into uh, the winter season and we're starting to see an uptick again in uh, cases. And I was wondering, you know, just as a reminder for our listeners, maybe if you have any words of advice to, to stay diligent. Well, um, I got a gift in the mail just today and it's this is a staff member that I work with and it's this pin, it's this lapel pin, and it's the shape of a, a, like a shot injection. And it says, thanks. Let me see it. I want to see it again. I'll get it right. Thanks science. <laughs> so yes. I'm going to go back to science and say, right. should not be a surprise to anyone that we're seeing an uptick. Um, we're going indoors. And um, so when we go indoors, we have to be hyper vigilant mm-hmm. on um, show, social distancing and hand washing and staying away from people yep. when you have symptoms. And so I just would ask everyone to just kind of go through that checklist of, mm-hmm. you know, we're indoors. So it's even more important that we practice and use our masks when we're pe- with people that, you know, um, are unvaccinated. And, um, hopefully, you know, you can enjoy Thanksgiving. Like I can this year. I feel so fortunate mm-hmm. that each and every person around my table has their vac- vaccination. And if they're eligible for their, for their booster, they've even gotten that. So that's really what, what we can do. And when we're, when we're not in our cocoon of vaccinated people, um, right. then I, I don't know about you, Brian, I, I wear my mask and yeah. Um, I think that that's critical if I'm out and about, if I'm in the grocery store, I wear my masks. If I'm, you know, with people that I don't know their vaccination status, I wear my mask. And I I just really feel like that we all have to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I said to my, a member of my family, I said, you know, we don't want to have gone this far on this marathon and mess it up at the end. You know, so let's just stay diligent guys. I know it's, I know it's hard, but it's, it's worth it. You know, I want to keep my family safe. I want to keep my coworkers safe. And yeah. ultimately I want to make sure that the elders that we serve are safe. Right. Yeah. I think you, you put it well there. I think e- even with vaccination, there's still some risk, even though it's lower. So I think, you know, to your point, those basics of staying masked up, social distance, uh, and just kind of knowing your, your surroundings or where you're going to is, is always so important. And, and so, but it's interesting though, as, as well as we're, you know, take, you know, we're st- maybe seeing some cases. I know we're getting some new guidance that's really making things a little more favorable for our residents and their families, particularly going into the holidays. And I wonder if you could update, you know, maybe some of the changes that are going on here in Cincinnati and maybe even Kentucky as well. Yeah. So the Center for Medicare and Medicaid CMS um, issued some guidance just a few weeks ago that said, essentially, um, we're at a point with our vaccination status um, and, you know, we're we're moving into herd immunity and yeah, there's risk, but Mm -hmm. um, there's also um, opportunity for people to visit um, Mm -hmm. in all levels of care. Mm -hmm. Um, even if we have one or two cases, so that, that was a 
big deal. That was yeah. a very big deal. Still yes, yeah. doing testing, still asking people to quarantine if they're actually sick, but it doesn't require everyone to, uh, you know, we don't have to stop visitation at this point. So that, that was a big, big deal. Mm -hmm. um, and that affects all three of our retirement communities. The other is that um, with the new guidance, uh, we are allowed to have children um, in our communities. Uh, wow. Now, with visitors and with children, I just want to be super, super clear mm -hmm. that what the guidelines say, and it makes sense um, if you think about it, because we all have to take, we all know our personal health situation. We know our situation of our visitors and we have to make a decision. So right, right. Um, visitors and children are not permitted in any of our common areas. But what the guidelines say is you can have visitors in your room or your mm -hmm. apartment. So nice. they have to, they can't go to the dining room. They can't go to the activity center. They can't go uh, mm -hmm. with their loved one and work out as an example, but they can enter our, our building, be, be temperature checked and screened, mm -hmm. and then go directly to their loved one's apartment or room. Right. Um, of course they have to wear their mask while they're walking to the apartment, but yeah then what, what they do in their apartment, that, that is really up to what the resident has to say. Um, the guidelines from CDC say that if you're um, having a family member or a friend in your apartment that's unvaccinated, mm -hmm. you should require that unvaccinated person to wear a mask. Right. You know, we encourage our residents to also wear a mask when with unvaccinated people, it just makes them safer. So right. um, that was a huge deal. And, it, and like to your point, it came out right in time for holidays, which is quite yeah. lovely. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. So glad to see some progress, but obviously need to still be diligent with our actions and behaviors in public. So uh, moving on from that, one, one last topic I thought um, I, I wanted to bring up was there are some exciting changes uh, in our senior uh, leadership team. Um, with an announcement you made this week. So I was wondering if you could um, kind of announce the, 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 the great news and maybe, maybe the bittersweet news of, of one of our leaders leaving us as well. Well, let's start with that because it is, it, I'm, I'm so happy for both ladies, but I'm a little sad about one announcement. So as, as yeah. we've shared for months, um, Jenny Yulin, our vice president of residential um, health care, has served our organization for 20 years. She celebrated 20 years in June, wow. and um, she has served our organization so well. And, mm -hmm. you know, she's led us through this pandemic as the yeah. leader of our CCRCs um, for the wow. last two years. Right. And um, I just have a, a so much gratitude for her. She's retiring um, mid December mm -hmm. and going to join her husband, Frank and their grandkids and their friends and travel and just lots of fun things. Um, some volunteering opportunities as well. So that's the bittersweet part. Mm -hmm. But um, as you know, Brian, we have a robust next generation leadership program yep. where we really work with um, our staff members that want to grow. Um, in their career with ERS and 
we make a significant investment in them and work with them over a period of time. So mm-hmm. uh, Beverly Edwards um, started as our executive director at Episcopal Church Home, and she was promoted to our senior executive director. Mm-hmm. And she's been a member of the Next Generation Leadership Program for five years. Mm-hmm. And um, she went through an interview process and was just promoted uh, to the vice president of residential health care when Jenny retires. So she'll right. be officially our VP beginning December 20th. And I cannot be any more excited for for Beverly. She's just um, an outstanding leader and a, a kind woman and, you know, is committed to senior living and supporting elders. And I think she's going to do great things. I, I do too. I'm so excited uh, for her to join the senior leadership team or servant leadership team. And, uh, you know, having worked with her so closely over the years, uh, she is just a natural fit for this role and uh, so excited for her. Well, I, I think we've covered a lot this week, Laura. And uh, so I guess my, my wish to you uh, go, going out of this segment is have a happy, happy Thanksgiving. And Aww. we'll look forward to touching base right before uh, the, the Christmas holiday as well. Oh, I look forward to that, Brian. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family as well. Brian, I just want to say um, I, I've always loved hearing from Laura. Um, this has been a great week around the support office. It's felt almost almost normal um, with a lot of activities um, done in a safe way, but a great way for us to, to see our um, team members and to be thankful together and, and reflect on you know, what this year has meant to all of us. Yeah, yeah, so much going on. Whether it's you know some of the updates and regulations from uh, from our government agencies and within the organization, and you know, as she said, you know, she's very grateful to gather with her her friends, and she's so thankful for our, her ES. Her, her, I'm sorry, her family, and so grateful for the ERS family that that uh, that we have, and and I couldn't couldn't agree more. And of course, a big nod to. Uh, to Beverly Edwards on her appointment as our new uh, vice president of residential health care. I'm so excited for Beverly and uh, great things to come down the road. Well, that's it for this latest episode of uh, the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. For more information, you can visit us on our website at episcopalretirement.com. We have lots of great content, including our Linkage online blog, resources to learn more about aging, videos about wellness, and so much more. Uh, You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube to see what's going on within the ERS and our communities. If you have any questions or feedback for us, please email us at info at erslife.org. The Linkage Podcast is produced by Kristen Davenport and myself, Brian Reynolds. Our technical director is Michelle Hain. I'd like to thank our guests today, including Kate Powers and Chef Clyde Bishop. And of course, a special thank you, as always, to President and CEO, Laura Lamb. On behalf of myself, Brian Reynolds and Kristen Davenport, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to our podcast next month during the holidays. Thanks so much, Kristen. You bet, Brian. Have a great holiday.